Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Antonair, along with my partner in crime, Mr. Benjamin Johnson. This will be a fun one today, man. So we're going to do something a little bit different uh, with it being this episode airing right kind of in the peak of the rut, if you will. The rut is just starting to pop up. The bucks are chasing does right now, at least the little ones here. We're bringing on three guests that we've had on in the past. So a pro staff member, Andrew McClure. Billy Phillips from the Hang and Hunt podcast, as well as the Hunt Urban YouTube channel. And then half of the, the uh, dynamic duo over there in Dresden, Ohio, Mr. Dan Wells from Dan and Jackie Wells episode that we had on a little while ago, too. So a lot of knowledge going to be covered. Yeah, in I'm these excited short little it. episodes. Yep. So the little short episodes are going to be about 15 to 20 minutes apiece. Just real quick. Top five things that they'd like to do during the rut and how to help you guys sit all day in the rut. So without further ado, please welcome Andrew McClure, pro staff member right here at Vance Outdoors. All right, everyone. Like I just mentioned on the intro, we are here with Andrew McClure, a pro staff member here at Vance Outdoors, good friend of ours and avid public land, big buck killer. He, uh, he was also on episode 13. So if you want to get some more information about Andrew and kind of his backstory, definitely head on back to episode 13, which seems like forever ago, man. It was a while. We're on what? This is episode 39. 39. So it's, uh, we're, <laughs> we're cooking. Um, cruising. Yeah, man, we're cruising. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully we see some cruising. So like I mentioned, we're talking bucks and we're talking all day hunting strategies. Andrew's a wild man and loves to be out there literally all day. You remember last year we did that content with him and he was like, oh guys, don't worry. I'm going to go ahead and go to the truck and eat my lunch on the tailgate and I'll pop <laughs> back in. So, um, Man, you're on the clock. I'm going to keep it short, but I want to give the listeners uh, five top things that Andrew McClure does to have an all-day sit and success during the rut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I – hold on, to, to reverse that. What did I eat at that tailgate? Oh, I cooked a uh, peak. Yeah, it was a peak a, meal. Yeah. Yep, one of the peak uh, meals. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It was, uh, that was a good one. Available, oh, okay, advanced out, available Advanced Outdoors. They are available Advanced So I think my – selfish desire my first thing is just good snacks and this is right now my go-to snack he's holding up a uh, captain crunch cereal bar (laughs) (laughs) it is it came in a uh, in a box with like all kinds of other things but having a good and multiple good snacks is what saves me uh it just keeps me happy that and then uh probably my next item on the list would be like clothing or just staying warm uh, not letting any of the elements, uh, whatever that whatever is going on in the with the weather, just not letting any of that bother me. Uh, so that is huge for me, uh, just being comfortable and content. Um, obviously, nothing happens if you don't have a GoPro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you don't if you don't get it on video, you might as well just be roadkill. <laughs> no proof, no proof. Um, that and it's just like. Obviously, there's guys going to be saddle hunting or, or stand hunting um, with or a ladder stand. So it's just whatever you're using, having that dialed, I think, is just a key key component. So I'm in a saddle. I've uh, been hunting. And it's just having that dialed, being able to get in uh, and out of bedding areas or transition areas just quietly. So that would be just a, a big, important thing. Um, and then where am I at now? How many? That would be, what, four? Is that four? Yeah. Ooh. So, so last one, 
um, I don't know, you're always going to have um, your, your calling devices or like esters. We're going into rut here, so it's like I don't rattle. Uh, I've always been uh, hesitant to rattle, just hunting on public. I've just not been that aggressive. I'm aggressive in a lot of other things, uh, but rattling has always, it's just not something I've been able to prove for myself and accomplish multiple times successfully. So I'm always doing like estrus. Uh, that is something like an estrus drag uh, and having many things and backup um, vials of just an estrus. Uh, that just helps me and it, it helps me feel kind of like I'm, I'm covering my bases, especially during this time of year. Um, uh, but yeah, just like a cover scent and estrus. Uh, I like the calming. Um, yeah, I was to say kind you, of you, those deodorant mm, sticks. I use yeah. the calming. Um, what was that ever ever like, ever calm ever calm yeah yeah conquest sense right? Is it conquest? I think I'm yeah, sure. conquest yeah. ever calm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like in a deodorant stick. I love when I'm like hiking in the places, uh, especially if I know the wind's gonna be bouncing around and between morning to noon to evening. Uh, with the thermals changing, sure. winds possibly changing, it just that helps me feel like I'm covering my bases. I just use the yellow stick. It's just the herd uh, herd scent, uh, and you can literally, I kind of put that in the kind of like north, south, east, west. So it's like I'll put it on the tree in front of me since I'm in a saddle. Uh, if I can reach something to my side, if there's another tree, or if I'm like the crotch of a tree, I'll put it behind me or to my side. I definitely put a couple swipes down at the uh, the bottom of the tree. Uh, and then as I'm hiking in, along with like the estrus drag, I put it on my boots, uh, especially when I'm getting in that last like hundred yards. Um, it's just you could almost put it like on your your haunches a little bit or your calves uh, inside the calves. So it's just kind of rubbing together and kind of falling off as you go. Um, but that that one I feel even using it earlier in the season, I, I've had doe come in on bad wind, and okay. they've not. Not saying it's that's what what made it work but yeah yeah i've been in situations where like i, I know i should have been busted and it's uh and i, it, I, I, I just wasn't yeah it just kind of kept everything calm. and i think that's one thing that i can even take away from this too is because i i haven't really ventured into the avenue of using cover i mean you're, you're using cover sense in terms of like your dead downwind product or your code blue you know absolutely, saint killer or absolutely. whatever but getting to that point, which I just started picking up, you know, using that black widow doe ester spray and the little spray bottle, just yeah. a little mister. Yeah. Um, I think Brock and Bailey on our team, they do use that as well. And he actually had, um, does bedded within shooting distance in front of him, like calm, like oh, completely yeah, calm. Could... Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. Like he, he just sent me the video on his iPhone, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, but I think getting into more of the cover sense and getting into some of the, the, the calming uh, deodorant mm -hmm. stick, if you will, to try to kind yeah. of help mask getting that in there and, and seeing you had mentioned too. Um, and we can get into this a little, a little bit. I don't want to dive too much into that, but just the uh, buck bomb as well. That's uh, kind of <laughs> there's been times I've been known, like sometimes when just like nothing is working and it, and you're like, it's like go time kind of situation. I mean, sometimes I'll pull out Hail Marys and there's like this canned buck bomb that, you can pull the can off. I think it's got a, uh, there's no aerosol in it. So is what's pushing out the fluid, I think is a, like a balloon, an inflated balloon inside the can. So it is just like the bomb coming out, like just like the herd and the estrus scent with no aerosol. But I've been known to be up in the stand, pop the top, 
hit it like a grenade because you can click the top down and keep it down and just into <laughs> a shooting lane, it looks like launch it. Like, and then once it's, it'll hit and it sprays, I think for about 30 seconds. And I've, yeah. I've had success with that. So, cool. uh, and it is kind of funny. You don't, you're not pulling in like a monster, but yeah. it's like, you don't know what's in there and you're like, I just need something to move. Yeah. Uh, I, it's made a move. <laughs> well, it's different. It's different when it's on public land too, because you're not necessarily sure what's you're going to find. Like it's, you're not yeah. going after a quote unquote target buck per se. Um, and if yeah. you, and if you are, there's so many other variables that you have to take in consideration with that too. So I want to dive back in a little bit towards gear and, um, okay. and, and, and food. Yeah. You're a sick of guy through and through. Um, yeah having quality gear and layering so right now we're, we're you know we're rut hunting it it's damn near going to be 60 70 degrees the entire yeah the entire afternoon you're, so you're going to have a variety of stuff right now from the early morning where we're looking into the, the upper yeah. 30s to 40s oh. all the way up to 70 what kind of uh just real fast run through what you have right now from sika that's what you're going to be wearing so like my system right now i this this gets me through your 35, 36 degree mornings to your 70 degree afternoons. Um, I usually, I, I, I run hot, so I'll hike in with, I don't wear long underwear. Uh, I do wear the mountain pants since I'm in a saddle, uh, has the built-in knee pads. That's been like one of the, once I started doing that instead of carrying knee pads, uh, it was just a big, it was just a game changer for me. Um, it just allowed me to be efficient, light, and I'm not trying to search for something else. So the mountain pants are huge. Uh, the... Uh, I always have like a core lightweight next to skin. I run the hood because it has the built-in mask. Uh, I don't like carrying a beanie because every time I carry a beanie, I lose it in the woods. Yeah. It falls out of my pocket. Drop, I, drop a, drop I drop it. I can't find it in a bag. I'm just not a beanie guy. Uh, so the the core lightweight with the hood, it's nice because you can. It, I think it it unzips almost my belly button. So it's like you can spill some heat. Uh, new this year with Sitka, they came out with an ambient collection. Uh, this, I was, I will admit, I'm a Sitka fanboy, uh, and, but I only use the things that, that work for me, and I'm very judgmental with things that don't work. I didn't think it was going to have such a large spread uh, in my gear. It, by having that, I almost ditched a jacket and actually a, uh, I was using the Fanatic hoodie for a long time. So I do the core lightweight, I do the ambient pullover since I run hotter, and I'm already going to hike with it, even in the, uh, I'll hike out of it with it in the afternoons. Um, I can say, yes, you will sweat up in it, but it like it's it does what it's supposed to do, and you get that moisture off of you, uh, and it dries out really quick. And then and just a vest. Um, you can do, I've been doing any of the jet stream collections, and yeah, with like the core lightweight, ambient, and a vest, I can hike in 36 degrees and I'm actually pretty comfortable. I do carry a Stratus jacket. Uh, I'm super but that's cold. A, if, if it's, if the wind starts to really, really like pick up and rip, um, I don't, I'm just a vest guy. Uh, I think keeping my arms exposed just allows me to fight. Yeah. It just keeps me ready. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't like the bulk. Um, uh, so if, but yeah, that, that's probably where I'm at there. Like I said, no long johns, mountain pants. Um, I'll do the core lightweight against skin, ambient pullover. Uh, so that has a hood as well. So I can double hood if it's cold. And then one of the jet stream vests, or you can get a Stratus vest. Uh, and that's, 
that's perfect. Yeah, and again, uh, I think we have Stratus and Ambia. I'm not 100% sure on the Jetstream, but I know we can order just about anything from Sika, which yep. is something that a lot of people don't realize is that, that that's a marquee brand that we carry in just about all of our locations with the exception of one. I mean, we have Sika. If you're in Cincinnati, yeah. Columbus, or over here in Central Ohio and, and Licking County area, we have that. So, and Ed and those guys over there, they can get you just about anything that they sell as well. Yeah. So it's it's nice to have that and try that yeah. on. And, I mean, from the bibs to the to the base layers to you know even going to like last week's episode with lacrosse, we have all those boots as well. So mm. that's true. Yeah, I was one thing I know that you do do, and I think that we should add into this too is just wearing like similar to the conversation that we had last week with Troy is bringing an extra pair of socks. I mean, oh, so yeah, when we get into that, cause you mentioned, you know, you're, you're going to sweat, especially for you when you're hiking in like a mile to your mm-hmm. stand, it's not as big of a deal if you're, you know, going a hundred yards from your four wheeler to the sand Correct. on a private farm or lease permission or something. But I think having that extra pair of socks for me especially mm-hmm. has helped cause I, my, my feet are always cold and it, you know, I'm wearing Merino, but I feel like once they get sweaty, um, and get that and the temperature starts to hit them. It's like, it's done city. And then you have a measure and then that always happens at like 1130. And so then you have like mm-hmm. the next five hours and you're just miserable. Like a wet sock. So, yep. yep. Um, I, I, one thing that helps me, like I said, I do run warm, uh, and rubbing, like running a rubber boot, you're just going to build up a lot more moisture. Sure. Uh, wearing a, and I think this is why I can get away with not wearing long underwear. I wear long boxers. And then I wear a full length, or when I say full length, an over the calf synthetic sock. So, and that's like you can get any of your synthetic fibers. But that pulls in a rubber boot, you'll get colder quicker with moisture against your skin. So that that rips everything off your skin. And then just, and then you can kind of control whether you want like lightweight, medium, or heavyweight wool sock over top of it. And I run wool. Um, uh, Yeah, I definitely, I've just always been a smart wool. Yeah, sure. Uh, that, it's just what's worked for me. Yeah. But that's a, that's a big thing because, yeah, you can hike in comfortably at that point. Uh, you are going to build up sweat. I think a, a, a trick I do, too, is roll the boot down. I don't even leave it up. So it's like I, I kind of fold it over and pull it down. So it, it opens up the top. It bellows out. Are you running the Burley? Allows- you're running the Burley Pros, aren't you? You have the Burley Pros. I do the Burley Pros. Yeah, they they, they are a little bit uh, bigger of a boot. Yeah, like what um, Tam- Troy was mentioning to us yeah. or last week. But it... I don't, uh, I've not had the chance to run an Aerolite, but I, I just don't, it's not bothered me. I can, I can run up my Skeletors. I can sit on the platform or stand on the platform and it doesn't, uh, that size of boot just really hasn't been an issue. You know, not the to, only, I was going to say not oh, to make sorry. it all about boots, but the other thing too, from that conversation from last week is, uh, the poly, was it, uh, what was it? Polypropylene. Yeah. I think is the, the boot material. For which one? For the arrowhead. Oh. And it being non-conductive and bleeding heat through the bottom of your foot. I know what you're getting at, yeah. but I can't remember the I can't, material. Yeah, it's poly something. Um, but yeah, so he, it's not polyurethane, is it? It might be poly. Actually, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's what he, we just, we just talked to him last week. Yeah. I can't remember. But, uh, but yeah, it not bleeding through. That's huge too. So changing yeah. those socks out on the saddle is a little bit of a trick. I, I, uh, I, I would definitely do it before. Yeah. I was gonna say before you get up into the tree, you do it. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a regular stand, it's no problem because you're seated, you know, and no. you don't have to worry about kind of that tinier platform, but changing your socks for sure. What kind of, um, mm-hmm. I know you mentioned the GoPro and then we'll get you out on this, but you mentioned the GoPro. What kind of, uh, are you bringing external power 
you know, as yeah, uh, we're creatures, we're phone, we're we're glued to our phones, and so you're playing Maybe, games yeah. and all that good stuff. I don't play games. I've had <laughs> <laughs> early on when the phone, yeah, was getting smarter, and there was games. I definitely played games, and then I realized half the stuff would like walk in underneath me, and then it was <laughs> way too late. Yeah, you're like, I don't know, you'd be playing Battleship with someone in like China, like you just didn't know what you're doing. Sure. Like, it was just getting distracted. Um, I bring external power as far as batteries for the GoPros. Um, I'll just like a couple, like two or three batteries. And then I do have like the cable and stuff for my phone, just in case, like you never knew. You can still take video on it with your phone, but all the four, they shoot 4K now. So, yeah, exactly. Um, it's super convenient. You don't hear racking in the background because you have like a big digital mm-hmm. camera. It's super quiet. And it's, we're so accustomed to our phones that half the time it's, I can get on yeah. a squirrel or, or a deer walking in 90% or a hundred times faster with the phone than anything else. It I is, just, yeah. yeah. I just set the GoPros up to get like a, uh, a surrounding shot and just use a remote. So you hit record, they all kick on. Um, I'm not, and that's just kind of what I use them for. So he's got the 360 degrees of him missing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That would be me. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah. No. You, now you just like spoke it into existence. Like, <laughs> now that's going to be like Knock just a wood. straight whiff. Awesome. Um, no, thankfully, uh, no, that, that has not happened. He's shooting deer while they're running. So he's all right. He's good to go. <laughs> he heart shot, heart shooting deer while they're running. So. Well, man, that, I uh, appreciate you hopping on this afternoon with us and giving us a little bit of an insight on kind of what, what yeah. makes it more comfortable for you. I know these are some grueling times. Uh, there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of lows and then 15 seconds of, of fun, hopefully, for it all is. of us here. So thanks for uh, for taking the time. He's even sitting in like a cafe right now from, from his lunch break at work. So we appreciate oh, yeah. it. <laughs> and again, if you want to listen more from Andrew, go ahead and go back to episode 13, where we kind of dive into a little bit of his backstory, even talking about some of his public land hunts. And, uh, and sir, again, thanks for your time, man. Look forward to no, having uh, that uh, kill shot from you this year. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me and uh, thanks for all your support. No, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's been great. All right, that was all for Andrew. Hope you guys were able to take away some of that, especially those snacks. Yeah, the snacks were killer. The snacks were killer. Yeah, and as well as the gear talk too. Andrew definitely is really tuned in to how he wants his gear to perform and what gear he wants to take to the field. And I hope you guys were able to take away something from that. So he's a smart dude mm-hmm. and uh, and really knows his stuff. And so, again, I hope you guys were able to take away something from that. Next up, one of my favorite people, Mr. Billy Phillips. Hang and hunt himself. So we're going to dive into hopefully some saddle talk as well as some snacks as well. So Billy likes to eat. So without further ado, Billy Phillips. All right, everyone. Guest number two, probably one of my favorite people on the entire planet, Mr. Billy Phillips, the comedian himself. What's up, buddy? How are you doing today? I'm awesome. I'm I'm uh, I'm honored that you would lie to. <laughs> <laughs> all these people that I'm one of your favorite people. <laughs> He's definitely the person that's always going to get me the smile. I don't care if I'm talking to him on the phone or I'm sending him a text message. I'm usually smiling at something he said. But uh, I'm full of it. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, uh, if you haven't already, Billy was on way, way, way back. One of my first, our first guest, um, episode five, I believe. Um, Billy, this is episode 39. So we've, uh, we've come a long way. You, my hang and hunt guys need to catch up a little bit, but, uh, we won't go down that path, but yeah, <laughs> I'm glad to have you on. So like I told you today, we're kind of talking with guests, um, just about rut and I want to get your opinion 
We're looking for the top five things that Billy Phillips hat as a must have or is a key to having like a successful all day sit in the rut. Yeah. Um, you kind of hit on this and we were talking before, um, but it's like a subtopic. So we'll, we'll hit on it first though, snacks. Yep. Um, if, if any of the listeners know Hunter Rudd, um, he's, he's one of the, <laughs> he's one of the guys, uh, he's kind of freelance, but he does a lot of work with capture creative. And if you follow him at all, his snack game is better than anyone else on the planet when it comes to tree stand oh, saddles. Sure. Dude, he, today he had taco salad in a bag. <laughs> um, yesterday he had chili dogs. He had buns, dogs, and a thermos of chili and made chili dogs in the stand. And he had one of those giant, like, Pyrex dishes with, like, brownies or something. And yeah. I mean, he, the guy is... I think snacks are the most important thing to him when it comes to any sit. I mean, it could be a two hour sit and he's going to have snacks. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But with snacks for me, I don't worry about noise. And this is actually going to kind of, it's going to kind of uh, segue into something else. I talk about a little later with noise uh, when I'm in the stand for all day sits, but like wrappers and things like that, you know, I, I don't really put, much emphasis on that they're not that loud i mean if you're 20 yards away you can't really hear a a a wrapper you know yeah. cracking i know guys that will unwrap all their candy bars and put them in like ziploc bags because they're going to be quieter but i'm not i'm not that handle about it but uh for me snacks i love having apples um i guess if i throw them on the ground could that be considered baiting i don't know (laughs) in ohio it doesn't matter so you're good (laughs) maybe just the core you know but um yeah in ohio it's good maryland it's good but um i I like apples i think sugar for some reason i really like um it kind of gives me a little bit of a pickup and kind of gets me over that next hump um so candy bars i love candy bars and i don't i don't eat any candy outside of a tree stand but it's like I grab a handful of like fun size, you know, and yeah, same, and you know, that puts me over. But uh, snacks, I think, are really important. Tips from Hunter because I tried to do ramen last year in my uh, Yeti, <laughs> and I it was actually this one right here. So I tried to do ramen in it, and I made it before, and then I got out, you know, eleven o'clock comes around, I'm getting ready to eat it, and it was Jello because it had just sat. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, nope, don't don't pre make don't pre make your ramen if you think you're gonna get some nice soup in the middle of the day. Yeah. In any type of broth and noodles, when they sit like that in a thermos or yeah, any type of yammer, it. it just soaks it up, and then you're just eating these overly hydrated noodles. You yep. know, um, <laughs> definitely not what but I expected. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't. I don't get full meals. It's more. It's more snacks and definitely sandwiches. You know, and, and if you can get someone else to make your sandwich, it's always better. No, oh, sure. Every single time, you know. So, so those uh, you know snacks that little subcategory, but when you get into what I do for all day sits, you know, comfort is one of the most important aspects of an all day sit because you're going to fidget. I mean, I don't care if you're sitting in a lazy boy, if you sit in a lazy boy for 10 hours, you're going to want to get up and you're going to want to fidget. So comfort is, is primo. Now I hunt out of a saddle almost exclusively and, um, I use a platform too. So shoes that are going to be comfortable to stand on a platform for all all day is absolutely critical um you know cold weather situations you know your insulated shoes are going to be a little bit you know more cushiony but i also like to wrap my 
my platform and came in for a tape. And that uh, not only does it quiet it down, it takes away any like metal to metal noise, but it also, it, it gives you this tiny bit of insulation. So the metal isn't like wicking that, that heat away from your boots and shoes. If you stand on metal all the time, your feet will potentially get cold when it's really cold outside. Um, so I do that and that absolutely helps. It's just a thin layer, but it, it does a tremendous job. So footwear, I think is absolutely critical because even if you're in a tree stand, you're going to want to stand up. You're not sitting the whole time. Uh, so your, your foot gear, that's crucial. Um, the next thing, and I'm taking a saddle perspective, uh, I don't always wear knee pads, but when I'm in a long sit, I tend to move a little bit more and I tend to, I'm a leaner in a saddle, but I will sit too, to give myself a break and having knee pads or a pad against the tree, you know, that's, that's really, really important. That's a good accessory, uh, for saddle hunting along with the back strap. Uh, some, some saddles, you know, are you know, more all-encompassing, they're like halfway up your back almost and then down your thighs. But I, I use a single panel saddle and when I'm in an all-day sit, I will use a back strap. Uh, and it just, it just gives you a little bit more um, support. And especially as a leaner like I am, uh, it, gives, it gives me that extra support. Um, now, when you're using, yeah. you're, are you, you're running the Phantom, right? Yeah, the Phantom and the Phantom XL. Okay. Yeah, so Ben and I are both running the same stuff. And I think, did you get the MVP? So he, he's got the MVP, the backstrap. We're talking Teller products here, available at Vance Outdoors if you'd like to come over yep. and check them out. Um, but I'm running the original backstrap uh, from Teller. I mean, I've had it for three years now at this point. Do you ever, we mentioned sitting. I'm a leaner too, so I like to usually, I'll put it either, I'll start it with it under my armpits and kind of really fall back into it or, you know, that lower back support and really crank it in to get you some lumbar. But have you ever taken it and run it so... I'm holding my hand out like legs, but run it up underneath like that. Your, your, th um, hamstrings, if you will, like right behind your knees is kind of give you like a little, little swing from sitting sometimes. No, I, I don't just because of the angle that I have on my tether and my bridge, okay. I, it ends up, even though I'm a leaner, it ends up kind of making that seat a little bit. So I can, I can sit very easily if I want just by lengthening my tether. Okay. So just, just the way that I, that I adjust my saddle under me. You know, it's, uh, I already have that support. So it's the back support that, uh, that I like a little bit more. Sure. Um, and, and I use the old one too. I don't use the MVP. I actually use the old one primarily because I don't, I don't use it that often unless, you know, like two weeks during the year that I'm, that I'm really using it very much. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty clutch. That's been something, I mean, and your sits might be a little bit different than mine too. I mean, if you're just going in after work, I mean, we're not, not talking right here, but kind of with this, if you're going in after work, you may be only sitting three or four hours mo most, uh, you know, yeah. with, with the urban environment versus, you know, I can get in there at noon and be there kind of all day or whatever. So I, I typically just do that to put some pressure off my feet and just kind of let my feet dangle a little bit, if you will. I know that puts a lot of extra pressure on your legs, but it just kind of, for me, it feels good to kind of let my feet have a break from being on something. And, and with having the saddle, that's kind of the, the added benefit, if you will, to that too. Yeah. If you are going to dangle your feet, then I, yeah, I, I do agree. That would definitely help. Um, I tend to, I don't have my feet flat on the platform all the time. A lot of times I'm on the edge of it or I've got one foot up on the post. And, you know, a lot of times when you're turning, especially to your offside, I like to turn backwards and I, you have to, well, I have to put my foot on that post 
So if it's already there, I'm already ready and prepared yep. to spin that back way. Um, so I alternate with that. So there's not too much movement, but a little bit of foot movement there. Okay. That's a good tip um, for sure. One other tip that, um, and this kind of, I talked about it briefly with the noise with snacks and things. Noise, unless it's really, really unnatural and loud, it doesn't bother me very much. And it doesn't bother deer. I mean, my brother Josh and I, you know, we have songs that we play on our phones during hunts. And it's like, you know, when, when we go dove hunting, it seems like we play Johnny Cash and the doves start flying, you know? <laughs> so, and we do those things like these little superstitious games that we play, but we'll play like hardcore rap songs and for deer to show up. And like, we'll play ghetto boys in the tree and it's just, it, it's crazy. And it's, it's, um, but you know, you can hear it at a low volume and if someone was on the ground, they wouldn't be able to hear it. It just gets my mind. It, it gets my mind off of the drudgery and the monotony. Um, but it also allows me to play games with my mind too, to, to spend that time. I mean, it's, let's be real. The, an all day sit is a mental game. And people say, Oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And I fidget and I fidget. Well, mentally, you can get over those things because you're not that uncomfortable. It's not like you're, you're losing circulation in your legs and you're cramping and things like that. You, you know, you get a little fidgety. So it, it's, it turns into a mind game. And it, one of my next tips is playing mental games with yourself. When I play songs, I'll play two or three songs in a row and then pause it. Well, you do that five or six times throughout a, throughout a sit and throughout a day and you're pretty much done with your day and that that will help me get through i i play other mental games where you know i'll count to a thousand and if you think about it how many times in your life have you actually counted (laughs) over a hundred you know i mean since like middle school or whatever but sit there and count to a thousand like legitimately say every word in your head or every number in your head to a thousand and it takes anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how, you know, how fast you count. And if you do that, you, it's like, you're looking forward to something that's not that far away. And you, you kind of accomplish a a little tiny victory. You accomplish this little goal and then you're kind of amped up. All right, now I can focus again. And you focus again and you're really hardcore hunting until you start to wane and then count again or turn on music again. So those little mental games um, are something that I like to do. And, and I, I always try to concentrate on where the deer are coming from or, you know, what's going on with the environment or is listening really hard. I try to do that more than I'm playing the mental games. The mental games are just that break yeah, uh, yeah. That, that I use. To kind of help you get over that now and from this and using your phone and using this tech, are there any like type of like gear tips that you would kind of segue off of that a little bit too? Are you bringing in any type of like external power source? Are you bringing in extra batteries? I know you guys are are filming a lot of that stuff too. So that might take into consideration. Is there any tips that you can give someone there on the, on the tech side in terms of what they should bring if they are trying to use their phone all day or, or use it for those mental breaks? Yes, absolutely, and and how to use it too. So definitely bring an external battery for anything, uh, or additional batteries for anything. You know, one is none, two is one. And when it comes to your phone, I learned this by talking to the folks at Goal Zero. 
uh, Goal Zero, they have the the packable solar panels. And they said, if you're going to charge your phone or anything else, don't charge it to 100% and then unplug it. Because you're using just as much of the solar or the or the external battery for that last 10% as you are for the first 90%. Okay. So charge it up to 80% or 75% and let it burn all the way down to like 20, 30% before you plug it in again. And that will save your external battery tremendously. That's, that's a good tip. Um, that's a good tip. Yeah, that, that's something that, that has really helped me because, you know, you, you can say, you know, this charger will, or this external battery will charge my phone three times. But if you leave it plugged in all day long and it's always trying to fight to that 100%, it burns it a lot faster. So plug it in, get it charged up to 80% or so, then unplug it and let it burn down. I mean, if you're not really playing on it all the time and you're not doing those things, it doesn't burn it down as much. And another thing is if, if you're in a stationary point, turn your location off. That burns battery. Um, if you're not using it, you don't need to be connected to the Internet. Like if you've downloaded music or whatever, just put it in airplane mode too. Those things right there will save your battery tremendously oh for sure yeah once your wife or significant other knows where you are just say hey this is where i'm at send her the screenshot of onyx and then be like you know i mean for me especially i'm only hunting like 700 yards away from the house so if i'm not back by dark (laughs) you know where i am so yep that works out cool exactly that's awesome all right, everyone, we need to take a quick break from our conversation to thank our sponsor, Toby Burdett with Burdett Taxidermy and Legends Big Game Recovery. The rut is starting to heat up and moments come at you fast. Sometimes bad shots happen. If you're in Ohio or the surrounding states and you find yourself in a situation where you need help tracking, give him a call 740-281-6435. Thanks, everyone. Good luck this hunting season. Now let's get back into the conversation. I wanted to get into, uh, things are a little bit different for you too. So I don't know how much, like how, obviously if you go back to episode five, you'll listen to Billy hunts a lot of suburban environments. And so with that, are you rut hunting in those environments? Are you kind of rut hunting in your traditional farm country stuff? And if so, like, are you using a calling sequence? What kind of calling sequence do you have? Grunt tubes, bleat calls, uh, maybe rattling. Uh, how, how often are you doing that? And then, you know, what kind of products are you using for that? Yeah, I, I'm going to hunt wherever I think the deer are, wherever I think the bucks are and in between those bedding areas. And sometimes that's in an urban environment. Sometimes that's in, you know, farm country. It's just, I'm going to go to where the deer are. Now, when it comes to calling sequences, I really like to rattle like a couple minutes, maybe a minute before legal shooting light. And the sequence that I like to go through is, um, I'll do, sometimes I'll do a doe bleat and sometimes I leave that out, but I'll softly grunt and then I will do a tending grunt. And I also like to have something on the ground, you know, about wrist thickness and about, you know, 18 inches long or so. And I'll tie that to my pull rope and I throw that down into the leaves and I pull that through the leaves. I drop it. I, I make noise while I'm doing those tending growths to kind of try to paint the picture of a buck on a doe and maybe following a doe, chasing a doe. Because a lot of times when it's quiet and your sound travels, if they just hear a grunt, they should be hearing leaves. They should be hearing sticks. I'll, I'll break branches in the trees. I'll, I'll do those things 
Uh, so that's not really a, a product that I use, but it is something that I do. Um, but I like to do tending grunts and then I'll give it a little break for 30 seconds to two minutes and then I'll get aggressively grunting and then I'll hit my horns and I'll hit the antlers together and I'll rattle. And sometimes I'll rattle. I won't rattle for like 10 seconds and listen. Sometimes I'll rattle and play with the leaves, try to make that extra noise and, and I'll do it. Sometimes I'll do it until I see a buck, you know, it might be a couple minutes. I've seen bucks fight for minutes on, on end. So that's something that I will do. Um, I've used like the bag, but I, I use natural antlers when I rattle now and it's just, I've, I've got a pile of them. So I, you know, I've turned them into rattling antlers. So I use them a lot. Um, I, I cut the ends off of them so they're not pointed and I'm not jabbing myself. Um, I, my favorite ones are ones that don't have brow tines or I cut brow tines, cut the brow tines off. So I've got really good handles and I'm not hitting my, my knuckles. Those are things that I, that I absolutely do. Grunt tubes. I've got a bunch of them. Uh, I, I have a preference towards those wooden ones just because my dad used an old wooden one when he was, uh, when he was teaching me to hunt. So I do like those. Uh, but I don't have a preference. I, I do like to be able to have a grunt call that I can change the tone and pitch just by blowing into it as opposed to, I know there's like the deer extinguishers out there and I've used that one before and, and it works well. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just like one that I can, I can just manipulate you know, just by breathing. Oh, for sure. Did you see the video of, uh, is it Chad Davis that was doing a, He was doing the grunt with his mouth. Have you seen that? Yeah. That, did you see that? And then the, the doe bleat with his mouth too, like wasn't using yep. the call period. I'm like, that's next level, man. I don't know how that. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I've left my grunt call at home during the rut. And as crazy as it sounds, if you think about a grunt versus a human burp, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty similar and I can burp on command. So <laughs> I, I've definitely used that uh, and burped and I've burped in, deer before and my brother was like and he's like a master burper right he's yeah. been able to burp like like a maniac since he was a little kid and he uses that a lot and I'm, awesome. I'm really not making a joke because you all deer sound different and i i reposted a couple videos in the past week about where deer are coming in and it's live deer and they're grunting and there's these real soft grunts there's these loud grunts and it's all in the same sequence from the same deer so you want to mix that up a little bit when you're trying to paint the picture i mean if you're painting a picture of you as a buck tending a doe they're not going to be real aggressive grunts they're going to be more of those tending grunts and i i find that those tending grunts in the rut are the most effective in the pre-rut when you're more aggressive and you have those aggressive grunts and aggressive um, calls, those can be effective too. Snort wheezes for me, I, I think have been effective in pre-rut and, and throughout the rut. And I just do that with my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another thing too. We, have, we were just talking about that today with another guy too. It was like, do I get a, a, a grunt with a snort wheeze on it? And I was like, you can, but you can also just, you know, <laughs> with your mouth too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's the greatest time of the year, man. It's our Super Bowl. Yeah, it's great. One, I'm gonna get you out with uh, one. You know, we'll do some rapid fire real fast, and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, start I, off. I did, Go ahead. Jordan. I did have one Go more for tip. It. I think for my for my fifth was Go ahead. um is make sure you have a way to hang your bow 
and hang your calls that they are rapidly accessible so you can just grab them and shoot immediately um in a saddle you know talking about tethered gear i mean i use their hys strap their his strap and it stands for hang your shit or hang your stuff (laughs) and you know i can just grab my bow off of it immediately and it's right in my hand as opposed it's hard to hold a bow all day long and if you've got it in a way that it's not easily accessible and those deer run in in the middle of the day at 11 o'clock you have to be able to grab it and shoot right away so that's that's the only other real big tip that i have for those all day sets yeah and i would echo what you just said because last year uh towards the later part of the rut i had a a smaller buck he ran by i I certainly would have shot him on the property that i was on but he ran by and by the time i had a chance to even get to him he was you know probably 25 30 and then at that point it was just like okay i'm not going to risk that he just kept trucking along and was looking and out and had i had stuff ready to go i think the hiss trap is another awesome tip because a, if you're on public land or you're on, you know, here in Ohio, you know, if you're on public land, you're not wanting to do that, you know, you know put the uh, screw in bow holders or anything like that. But for me, I'll, I'll, I'll run like the little bow hook that, um, on the private property, screw that in my bow's ready to go. I don't have to worry about that. I've had with the hiss trap sometimes with the heavier bows, it's kind of, it, it, I've had issues. Remember the one last summer where I've actually dropped my bow out of the stand because of the, the, the carabiner kind of gave away on the hiss trap. Um, but it would be perfect to hang calls and hang your, you know, anything else that you have, your range finders, everything just right there in front of you in terms of saddle hunting, you run that hiss strap, it's boom, those hooks, those daisy chain hooks are right there and ready to go. So that's a, that's an awesome tip too. Yeah, one thing that I, I also do, and I, I, I don't recommend it for everyone because I mean, technically it's not the safest way to do it, but I will run my, the tag into my tether it's hanging down a lot of people will daisy chain it up but what i do is i take it and i wrap it through my bow and i clip it into my carabiner that's on my um and that that connects to my bridge and then when a deer comes in i reach up with my release hand i release that rope and when i pull my bow away it automatically comes out and my hand's already there to to attach my release um, I don't recommend that just because your carabiner is not screwed all the way down and locked down. And, and in fact, when you see the tethered video of my Sitka stag yeah. that I shot two weeks ago, you'll see that my carabiner is not fully closed because that's what I did. I didn't have my hiss strap uh, that day. Um, but uh, that having your stuff right there ready to go at all times, because, it I mean, it takes – 10 seconds and and you went from boredom to elation or defeat oh for sure yeah you 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 hit the hammer on the head for sure so rapid fire if you had to pick a day of the year in uh in virginia maryland what day are you picking on november 9th november 9th so november 9th there you go and then this will make hunter happy yet you get one snack what are you taking to the tree stand not a nine by 13 baking dish either (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it'd be a handful of candy there you, you go. know snickers kit kats those types of things a handful of candy you know i think it was on purpose that halloween and trick-or-treat for my kids lined up you know a week before the rut picked up so then i can just go ahead and dad tax all those kit kats absolutely awesome well sir you're a busy man i appreciate you and I'm, I'm still waiting for my invite down there to go shoot some does so once we get through all yeah, this need- all this rut stuff i'll go shoot some some knocked up does yeah, that's fine, man. Well, we need it. I mean, there's so many deer down here, and uh, our schedules will align, I promise. Sounds good, brother. Well, hey, I got I got nothing but time, so we'll appreciate you, Dave. Get back to work, and uh, good luck this season, man. Thanks. 
All right, everyone, that is all we had for you with Billy. I hope you uh, found some enjoyment out of that. He was definitely hit us, uh, hitting us with some knowledge bombs there, especially the trick with the uh, the branch and the rope. Yeah, it was cool. S- super cool. And then, you know, snacks. So he's a man that doesn't care about sound. Well, kind the little of, sounds. The little sounds. Yeah, the rapper sounds. Yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes me question having those silicone bags. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got their own thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, and then lastly, so we had two saddle hunters. Our next guest, like I said, Dan Wells from right here in Ohio in the Dresden area. He's going to talk about comfort in this in the tree stand, traditional hang on tree stand setup. He's not a saddle hunter like us by any means, so this should be applicable to just about everybody. Without further ado, Mr. Dan Wells. All right, well, we just got done talking for the last seven minutes, joking around, but you know, we mentioned Billy being one of my favorite people. This guy right here to my right is definitely one of those as well, Mr. Dan Wells, the uh, other half of the dynamic Dresden duo that I mentioned before. Well, uh, he actually came in, so thanks for uh, making the half-hour drive down here for a 20-minute conversation. Oh, but that's right. I wanted to see Ben's beautiful mustache yes. in person. Yeah, so shout <laughs> out. That's, all, that's the only reason <laughs> I'm here today. <laughs> What is the what what's the idea with the mustache? That's the bow thing, right? Yeah. So just the rut stash. The rut yeah. stash. So keeping it until I get a couple deer. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. There you go. So shout out Bo. I know yeah. he, he's out hunting in Alberta probably when this is airing, but uh he's got the rut stash in full force. We'll have to maybe put a picture up on the uh, on the gram there for everybody. But Dan and Jackie, his wife, joined us on episode fourteen, I think I just said, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um one of the best families here that we know of. Two young, strapping young lads oh, with man. some sweet haircuts. <laughs> That's right. And a and a cool squirrel dog named Boone. Uh, how's it been so far for you this year? Before we get oh, into the rut stuff, man, it's been great. I mean, we've spent you know a lot of time outside. In fact, uh, I hope Thomas's teachers don't hear this, but I pulled him out of school early a couple of days, and uh, I've got to tell this story. Is he did have a, a doctor's appointment that we had to go to before we could go out and uh, do a little bit of duck hunting. Uh, we were just kind of kind of bust some ducks, headed back to the roost, and he walks out of school with his biggest smile on his face, and he says, "Dad, that's the oldest trick in the book." And I'm like, "What?" He said telling my teachers we've got a doctor's appointment you're taking me hunting and i'm like well hold on a second buddy we've got to take care of some business first but uh it's been it's been great spent a lot of time uh chasing woodies and uh we we got a few limits and of course the uh the squirrel don't stand a chance we've got no. uh, boone who's really just coming into his own and he's been treeing a bunch of squirrels now if only i could shoot straight we'd have a lot more uh on the tailgate but it's been a been a great season so far and uh the rut's starting to pick up in fact uh boone will also blood trail and got a call a week and a half ago from a good friend out in dresden he said hey uh, my 13 year old son has just completed his first solo hunt it was his first time going out with his his own compound bow for the he had done put on all the work planted the food plot put out feed for the deer and then had taken a, a shot on just a beautiful, uh, beautiful 10-point. And uh, he made the shot and didn't want to bump it out. And so uh, they called me and asked me to bring Boone over there. Well, Boone found that deer in less than five minutes. And, uh, of course, it was just pure celebration. Really cool opportunity to see uh, Travis and Gage, uh, the, those two celebrate uh, Gage getting that big buck. And one thing we noticed is that that deer's neck, 
It was swelled yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And so yep. he was getting right into that rut. And uh, I think it's about to be on. So I put up a new set yesterday and I'm going to I'm going to leave here, yep. go uh, take care of my scent that I've picked up from coming in here and uh, head on out to the woods. I love it. I love it. It's the season. That's why we got you here. So yeah, Boone is definitely out there crushing some of those squirrels, which we absolutely despise right now, this time of year <laughs> where there's right. nothing but yeah. leaves. So one almost got me the other day. You know, sometimes you can be like, and they're like, okay, that's not a deer. But then one was like, I was like, oh, okay, what we got going on here? And it sure as hell, it was a nice big old gray squirrel. The chipmunks got Aiden and I more than once the other day when we were out. It's like, about the same thing they they were fighting you know running around with each other i was like what was that yeah <laughs> oh you know it's incredible how a you know a 200 pound deer can move through the woods silently and yet a squirrel will sound like a 500 pound man in flip-flops carrying six bags oh, through dude. walmart and uh you wonder what what in the world's going on but uh we're, we're doing our best to put a dent in the squirrel population that's oh, for sure for sure but there's no deer in dresden or miskingham county nope. so don't even think about it no nope, not a single one stay uh, yeah. away whatever odnr said about Coshocton and miskingham county it's a lie it's fake news <laughs> it's a right. lie fake news so but we got you here you're the tree stand guy you're the hang on you're your, what i would call the more typical hunter that we have a lot of people aren't in saddles and i understand that so i think how you approach an all-day sit written in a saddle, it can be completely different than what it is when you have a little bit more creature comfort in a hang-on tree stand. You have a, a bigger platform, nice soft seat. Go ahead and let's get into some of your top tips. I'm looking for five. Give me some five top tips, hot takes from Dan Wells on how to make an all-day rut sit more enjoyable. That's right. Well, uh, first part of that, making making the all-day sit um, I don't know about enjoyable, but uh, <laughs> at least um, how to survive, how to survive an all-day sit in a hang-on. You know, I started hunting out of a hang-on, out of kind of really out of necessity, right? And so uh, I started hunting, and that was at the time uh, the most affordable option. And learning to hunt really on my own, kind of teaching myself, uh, you know, through you know, a lot of reading, um, you know, watching different videos and whatnot, uh, that seemed like the easiest, uh, like the easiest learning curve. And so uh, I had found a, a hang on some uh, hand me down climbing sticks that weighed sound like felt like 100 pounds. Oh, I'm bet. <laughs> and then just went from there. And what that uh, what that allowed me to do is not only, you know, hunt and be relatively mobile, not as mobile as you'd be able to be uh, hunting out of a saddle, at least at the time. I mean, now now I'm using, you know, ultralight hang-ons and sticks, and it's, I mean, I can be just as mobile as uh, as anybody else. It just takes me a little bit longer to, uh, to set up on a tree. However, one of those tips then is uh, for an all-day sit is I want to be as productive as I can be while taking like a complete day away from work and away from family to be in the woods. And so when I started hunting, I was in the middle of completing my PhD. And so half of my dissertation, no kidding, was written sitting on a hang-on tree stand. (laughs) I love it. And so I had purchased a, a cover for my laptop, uh, covered it in like camouflage duct tape and even rigged up a, uh, a swivel stand to where I could set my laptop on and move it away if I needed to prepare to take a shot 
uh, or just kind of rearrange myself in these, the, these tree stand guys, I tell you, in the stand, right? <laughs> and so you talk about creature comforts, and so like today, you know, I mean, when I when I go out later today, it's not going to be an, an all day sit, but in the tree that I'm going to hunt this evening, I have that same setup rigged up, and I'll have my laptop there. Uh, now, granted, I've got to make sure that my typing is silent and that I'm not moving and the screen brightness is, is turned way down. So so that would be my first uh, hot take, if yeah. you will, is uh, if you're taking the day away from work, uh, go on in and try to get some work done in the tree stand. Uh, yeah. and, and recognizing that your productivity level may not be optimal right? That you might not be able to get a whole lot done, but you might be able to get something done in those uh, in those times when, you know, the deer might not be moving. But usually when you don't expect them to be, to be moving, that's when they show up. Oh, for sure. And make sure you're up to date on your Apple Care. So when that big booner does come walking out <laughs> and right. you drop your laptop 25 feet, <laughs> you're right. good to go. That's right. Uh, yeah, thankfully that hasn't happened to me yet. So I would think uh, that's that's my first thing, especially as someone who uh, you know seems to be you know constantly needing to work, whether it's you know completing a dissertation for my PhD or making the revisions on like a book manuscript. That time's super valuable, and in fact, sitting in a tree stand out in out in nature in creation. Some of my best work has been done during an all-day sit during True. the rut because uh, the clarity of mind is there. Yeah, uh, and I've killed I've killed some of my best deer while my laptop was in front of me, right? right? And of That's course, awesome. you see a big a big buck come out when your laptop is in front of you, and you, and you have a moment of panic, right? Because you're wondering, right, how am I going to move this out of the way without spooking this deer? But that's one of the magical things about the rut is those deer tend to uh, have one thing on their mind, yep. right? Yep. So that'd be the first thing. I think the second thing, if you're going to do an all-day sit, for me, uh, what is of the utmost importance is bringing something to read in order to pass that yep. time. Yep. So for me, what I don't want to do is I don't want to completely waste my day away, uh, you know, playing on my phone sure. or scrolling social media. Because for me personally, I think there's a correlation between the number of hours I spend scrolling social media and then like my level of mental health. And so what should be a refreshing and energizing experience, kind of disconnecting in the woods, if you're spending your entire day out in the woods, instead of connecting to creation and grounding yourself in that moment and paying attention to like the nuances of the forest, it can turn into something that like drives you into a you know really unhealthy space by being on uh you know social media or playing i don't know like the organ trail oh, on yeah. your phone yeah. for, for hours on end well that's critical i mean yeah. cuz if you know we do it i mean i i do it i we just talked to andrew and billy about extra ba- extra power and and playing games or whatever what hey you could you don't have the screen. And so you're not looking at other people's deer that they've harvested. You know, I see that Dan's killed a 150 inch deer and I got nothing but a little forky, you know, and that, that can weigh on you with the pressure, the unnecessary pressure that comes with just social media. And we're like, we had talked, um, the, uh, devotions from the tree stand, um, was it Chapman? Yep. Chapman. Yep. yep. You know, I, I picked it's a great book. My mm-hmm. wife picked up that book and it's related to hunting. And so it's always in my bag. 
and you can pull it out, you know, read a quick four or five page little, little story, set it down, focus, maybe pick it back up later, maybe use your phone a little bit. But yeah, I think having a book is something that is silent and you're, you're, you're not just brainwashing yourself while you're out there. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, and that comparison game is so dangerous too, right? And it's something as hunters in the age of <clears throat> in the age of social media is really dangerous, right? Because we compare ourselves to others, and we don't know the the full context of their hunt and their experience. Yep. And so, uh, instead of you know playing that comparison game, just focus on being present in the moment and whatever that day might present to you you know, breathe that in and be thankful for the yeah. opportunity that we get to do what we get to do, right? Yep. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's it's interesting because they say, hey, put the screen away, but meanwhile, I'm typing away on, uh, you know, a chapter sure. in a book manuscript. And so it's really just kind of focusing, if you're going to have that that screen in front of you, it's being intentional about its use, right? And is that going to benefit the overall quality of your experience. And just from a, you know, a logistical or um, hunting tactics perspective is I will rarely ever take a, uh, like a paper book with me in the stand because it is just, uh, especially if you've got a little bit of a, a wind, then it can really screw you up. And so I've got one of those paper white candles. Oh, yeah. And yep. and I'll take that out there with me. Great idea. That's super easy to just slip in, uh, like, my pants pocket if I need to make a move. And, uh, you know, finding, finding some good reading for an all-day sit, I think, is critical for passing the time yep. and then just making it an enjoyable experience. Yeah, last year, my go-to, I reread The Hatchet which obviously is a, is a classic, especially for guys like us who are in, you know, in the outdoors and the survival. And, and, uh, so that was a you know, small, easy read the chat, you know, the devotion, obviously as, as guys of faith, that was something that's really nice for me too. Cause I can connect exactly what that story is in the book that I'm reading with my experience right now, you know, and a lot of them are about kids and stuff like that. So that makes it extra sentimental for me too. But that's a that's a super great tip. Yeah, yeah. So find something to read. Uh, be productive if you're if you're able to, or if you're of the the mindset. Because I think a, one thing that's kind of a hindrance to folks getting out and committing to an all day sit is being able to take that take the entire day away from work. And so if you can get just a little bit done while you're out there, uh, I think in our uh, commitment to the hustle and to the grind. I think you can make yourself feel a little bit better about taking a complete day away. Uh, The third thing for me is you're just taking care of your body when you're in that, in that stand. Um, Now I've never hunted out of a saddle. I mean, it's something I'd be interested in doing, but I know hunting out of uh, a hang on stand is, you know, when you're in in a, in one position for hours on end, I mean, your body can really punish you for that. And so, you know, I make it a point to, uh, throughout the day, as slow and as deliberate as I can to, uh, to to position my body in different ways, whether that is positioning my backside on the seat in a different way, uh, or even, you know, flipping that seat up and standing for a while. Yeah. Uh, and in the, in the midst of that, I've got a number of different stretches that I'll do throughout the day in order to just stay loose and stay comfortable. And again, it's all about kind of contributing to the overall experience of your hunt. And then oh, sure. you're not going to regret it for, you know, the next week and your body <laughs> is sore and stiff and yep. you can hardly move because you spent an entire day in a tree stand. 
Yeah, we're uh we're we're not getting any younger for sure. So taking that time, I think, like you said, to to really deliberately and methodically stretch. We know whether it's with the saddle, it's a little bit easier because I can kind of stretch that out, or I can get into a seated position. Well, I guess with a tree stand too, you could probably just stand up. But um, you know, it, it it takes a lot on you, when, especially on that l- lumbar in the tree stand where you don't have the back support or anything like that, just to get up, stretch, kind of shake it off and when the time comes and you're loose you're not stiff there you know and you're not stiff and cold and trying to pull your bow back it might help yeah and and thinking about an all-day sit what you don't want is you know the next day to wake up and regret taking the time to get out there you know especially especially if you didn't you know take an animal while you're out there you know we have we have a tendency to uh base our definition of a successful hunt based on whether or not we bring me uh, about what a successful hunt is, you have to take into account, okay, you want your body to feel at least halfway decent the next day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you didn't, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't bring home meat, you know, I mean, I could be sore as can be, but if I, you know, just killed a 150 plus buck, uh, I don't care how sore I'm going to be. Yeah, no, uh, no. I'm happy. So maximize the potential for, you know, your reflection on that hunt being one that's that's positive. And if it's not positive, then, you know, learn from that, right? Yeah. What was it that made uh, it uncomfortable or what was it that you would improve on or uh, would is, is less than ideal to where you didn't enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes I think those, those difficult hunts where you are, you know, uncomfortable or you get cold or wet, uh, I think looking back on those, if you approach it with the right mindset of, okay, what can I learn today? Those hunts that involve the most amount of suffering are the ones that are more memorable, right? Yep. yep. Uh, because, I mean, I've killed deer that are uh, that are nothing to brag about, but they were some of the most difficult hunts. And those are more memorable than, you know, the times when I've killed deer that are, you know, above 150 inches. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that too, because that is a great, that's something we've tried to do this year a lot too, is okay. This spot wasn't successful. What do I need to change? What did I learn from this? Not, well, ho, ho, hum. I got to go and I got to deal with my wife and kids and I got to try this all again the next morning and blah, blah. It's like, okay, what did I, what did, was successful? What wasn't? What did I like about this spot? What did I, what didn't I, where do I change for tomorrow? You know, that having that mindset of being, you might, there's a, more times than not, you're coming out of the woods not heavy. Oh, yeah. And so you got to keep that in mind. Like, 100 times you go in, there's only one time that you're coming out heavy. So, what, you, know, you just got to keep in mind, it might not happen today, but what can I do for the next day? That's right. That's right. So I think, what hot take are we on? We're on number four, four. correct? Yeah. Yep. And the four, the number four, I think is, is twofold because it uh, involves a lot of uh, risk and reward. And that is, uh, I'm a big fan of having good drinks with me. Yeah. Um, now the, uh, the flip side of that is, you know, well, what do you got to do to get rid of those drinks after they've been uh, processed through your body, right? That's one way of putting it. And so um, anytime I go out for an all-day sit, I'm making just the biggest thermos of coffee that I can, right? Because I will sip on that coffee throughout the day. I, I enjoy it. There, For me, there are a few things better than uh, drinking hot coffee yep. on a cold morning as the sun comes up 
or pour in that final little bit that's in your thermos as the the sun goes down and you prepare for that golden hour, right? When yep. you're waiting for uh, for that deer to come in. Uh, yet in the the meantime, I mean, like let's have a, a frank conversation yeah. here. What do you got to do when you got to take a leak, right? Yeah, or uh, or the latter. Right. Yeah. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially if you're drinking coffee yeah. all day, yeah. right? And if it has the same effect on me that uh, maybe it, it does others, and so you know that's one thing that like I I try to I I take like a um, I take a big it's not a jug but I take a big container with me and and I'll you know I'll I'll relieve myself into that jug because I'm so paranoid about whatever scent I'm putting off yet meanwhile I'm drinking I'm drinking coffee and that yeah. scent's in the air but for some reason I won't just go off the edge of the the tree stand but I I mean I have buddies of mine who uh they just let it rip right off the yeah. edge of the tree stand and they they said hey we've got I've seen I've seen big bucks come in and sniff the spot that uh you know yeah. that I that I defouled and uh, <laughs> defouled. <laughs> right, uh, you know, I've even heard it referred to as the Buckman juice. Yeah, right? uh, you yep. put out the juice, and uh, they'll come on in to uh, to take a take a look. But I, I'm more concerned about: am I going to have uh, am I going to have something in the tree stand with me? Uh, my coffee, my water to just keep me hydrated. Because again, I think it, for me, it's all about taking taking care of my body. And so, uh, if I'm not hydrated uh, with with some some good water, uh, and then having that enjoyable moment of a, of a cup of coffee, it makes an all day sit a lot more difficult. Uh, and then if and if it uh, if it's coming out the other way uh, in a solid form, there, Ben. Um, listen, buddy, <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. Man. Yeah. I don't even want to think about that because that. Uh, that just adds a whole nother a whole nother layer, and I've got about a hundred different stories about that that I don't think we want to share. This <laughs> no. Who was it that we were talking to? Um, well, Billy Taylor. Taylor was, was talking about Eberhart. Eber, yeah, yeah, just right out the back, man. Yeah, that's what the the benefit of the saddle hike that thing up a little bit and just give her a lean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you know. Now if Jack, if Jackie were here, you know, I think she. You know, she brings obviously a, an entirely different perspective oh, in that female perspective of an all-day sit. And Jackie has logged far more all-day sits than than I have. Uh, and so, you know, as a female, uh, you know, her system of uh, taking care of when nature calls is is entirely different, yeah. but just because of the the logistics there. And so, she'll actually, and she's going to be so happy to hear this and me talking about her. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jackie. <laughs> That's right. Sorry, Jack. But you know, she'll she'll slowly you know climb down out of the out of the tree stand and and find a spot uh, you know off in the woods that's gonna you know that's usually off a, off of a deer trail, and that will. Yeah. Uh, disturb them the least amount uh, amount possible. It's funny how people have different approaches on urine too, because it's like some ammonia is ammonia, you know what I mean? Like that urine smell is a mm. urine smell, but to others, it's like, like take take pissing in a scrape as an example. Yeah, some We've, say it's like an hour yep. and it dissipates the yep. humans part of it. It just turns to ammonia after an hour or two hours. Yeah, and then some people did. are like, well, it's because you're pissing in a scrape. That's why they're not hitting it. And it's like, well, it's it, people have different opinions on that too. Right. So it really, but in this time of year, I think everything goes. Yeah, which, which meanwhile, uh, go downwind. 
this this human piss scrape. There's put that on a t-shirt. Human piss scrape. <laughs> this human piss scrape smells like Starbucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, that's just trouble. That's awesome. Let's let's keep it on the uh, on the the uh, the food and the creature comforts because we've had guys on here that are eating Starburst and. Captain Crunch cereal bars and you guys aren't pulling much Captain Crunch cereal bars in the Wells household. So what's the what's the snack regiment looking like? So so well the the first thing before before I talk about like the specifics of like what food what snacks we're bringing out, um, the thing that I'm most concerned about, like regardless of what food I decide to take out for the day, is how I'm going to carry it out there, and then. What is that going to sound like when I'm pulling it out of a bag? Uh, because, listen, I remember the first time I took my youngest son, Lincoln, out to hunt. And I'll have to send you guys this video because it is absolute gold. But the first time I took him out to hunt, you know, I didn't expect to see anything, but I really didn't conduct any oversight on what snacks he was going to choose. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, buddy. Go into the uh, go into the pantry, and I think you've got a little bit of uh, leftover Halloween candy. Take that out, and then take all the wrappers off of it. And then uh, I've got like a little um, like a slider, uh, like rubber rubberized bag. Oh yeah, M- and yeah. So it's That's completely what... it's completely silent, yep. so you don't have the sound of those uh, silicone. Bags. Yeah, it's silicone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yep. right. And so it's like a silicone bag, and so he he brings it back in, and it's just loaded and i'm like all right that's part of getting kids into the to the woods is you know hey saying hey buddy there's snacks and so he came out there with me and uh he's like dad can i have the snack bag and i'm like yeah buddy and so i give him the snack bag and he he unzips it and i did not check what he brought well out comes this stick that is encrusted with bright blue rock candy and so he is just chomping on this rock candy and it is just as loud as can be all to send that video to you guys uh and so you know obviously jackie and i's approach to an all-day sit is radically different to the when we're loading up candy for the kids to come and munch on in the tree stand um what jackie and i normally take is um you know we're still putting it in that same bag but uh, neither of us really eat a whole lot while we're out there. And I think that's largely because uh, we don't want to have to deal with what putting that food in our system might uh, oh, <laughs> might, sure. might, might do to our stomach while we're up up in that stand. But uh, for, for the both of us, um, you know, a cliff bar yeah. uh, is, is usually a go-to. Uh, I'm also just a, a big fan of bringing our... Uh, our summer sausage yep. or uh, the jerky that we make out into the stand. And there's just something about eating on uh, like the cousin of uh, <laughs> yeah. the deer that yep. you're about to shoot while you're in the, while you're in the stand. Uh, also, I'm a big fan. Uh, Jackie will make like her own uh, granola blend sure. uh, and we'll bring that out there. And so we try to keep it as minimal as possible, but recognizing that, Hey, we've got to have some sort of, uh, calorie intake yeah. if we don't want to um, if we want to avoid you know those those headaches and just kind of the general fatigue that comes from not eating or drinking anything while yeah. you're in the stand. I love it. It's like a polar opposite of what Billy we just talked about with Billy and Hunter, and, <laughs> and of course he hasn't heard it, but we had Hunter's 
you know the story more than I do. Is the Hunter Rudd? Hunter Rudd. Yep. He He's brought- a photographer, videographer for a company that we follow, and we've talked to him before. Oh, okay. So uh, they're out hunting with one of the guys that we had on the yeah. podcast, Taylor, and um, he's the snack king. Like it's like a meme now. Everybody knows him as the snack guy. Um, he's had like spaghetti and like <laughs> what the, I'm going about this all wrong. Yeah, like, oh, build his own chili dogs yeah. last weekend. Like chili dogs had, and then he had a there taco in a bag. He, like brought a whole taco in the in stand. A, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. So then the the one we were talking about yeah. was he had this Pyrex glass cookie like cookie <laughs> tray with a rubber lid on it and it had it was like full of brownies or cookies or something. I'm going about this all wrong. Right. Pulled that out of his bag and he had a knife and everything, cut it, and handed it so, to the guy that was hunting. And I bring this up because Jackie knows how to uh, get her yeah. way around the bakery, if you will, yeah. and make some sweet cakes. Oh yeah. So Jackie, a nine by thirteen. Give me an eight by eight at least. <laughs> I'll throw put in the word. <laughs> throw in his bag, a little Pyrex glass dish, and cut, no, I cut will, you up some I will, cake. I will say that uh, you know Jackie runs a cake business there in Dresden, and you know one of the things that she makes often are these little. Uh, and okay, you know what? I, I do bring these often. Uh, you're on to me now. We're getting, we're getting, in, <laughs> getting, we're getting, in, getting out. We're getting that out of me. Uh, I do bring. She makes these. Uh, she calls cake balls, which they're buttercream and like uh, buttercream and cake rolled into a ball, dipped in chocolate, and then usually we put mm. them in the freezer. Yes, sir. And I will grab a handful of those. And buddy, uh, those are the ticket in yeah. the uh, yes, in sir. a tree stand. Well, and it, and like Billy and like Andrew was saying too um, before you came on is. Having that little bit of a sweet for me, especially, I mean, I'm not a light guy, but having that little bit of a sweet, it just kind of gives you that extra little, I can look, I can look forward to that buttercream cake ball. I can look forward to that Kit Kat, you know, that sugar rush. Yeah. 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 Morale booster. Yeah. Yeah. My, my go-to snack too. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, my go, my go-to, I I do the, um, Old West, and this is certainly not an ad for them, but I like them. The Old Wisconsin Turkey Sausage Links. They're like um, snack sticks. They're the same size as a um, mozzarella stick or like a cheese stick. So it's perfect. It's just mm-hmm. you, get, you get a little bit of cheese, a little bit of meat. Got it. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. We're on number five. Number five. Uh, I think the like the number five. So we've gone through, you know, hey, find a find an opportunity be, to be productive if that's yep. what you wish. Sure. Uh, you know, for me, I'm always packing, uh, you know, coffee, water. Of course, make sure you're you're snacked up and yep. ready to go. And then I think the like the fifth, my fifth tip for uh, an all day sit is I think really this isn't a, a gear tip or you know some sort of hard tip of what you're you're packing in your pack out there but i really think and this this might be the most important one is you have to above all things no matter what you bring with the stand to you or what you do what type of place you're hunting or what game you're pursuing from the stand of course in this case we're talking about uh the whitetail rut uh you have to go into an all-day sit mentally prepared Right. Or, or otherwise, it will be a miserable sit or it won't turn into an all day sit. I mean, because I've gone into the stand before, not in the proper frame of mind, committed to the rigors of an all day sit because it is rigorous. Right. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. not easy to to maintain that position in the tree for from sun up or you know, from sun up to sundown. And so, yeah, I've gone out into the woods many times without the proper 
frame of mind and what I thought was going to be an all-day sit, I was gone by 11 in the morning. Sure. And so I think that is the most important thing for an all-day sit is just mentally preparing yourself for those moments where you're in the tree and you haven't seen anything and you want to just pack it in and go home. Because listen, it is my favorite moment of uh, the day outside of that sunrise and sunset moment. It's my favorite moment uh, after an all-day sit to go back to the truck where in the back of the truck, I've got a cooler full of food and cold snacks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I will, will crack a few of those open, spend some time on the tailgate. And I look forward to that moment after every single hunt. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, but, but I have to approach it, uh, the time in the stand with that mind of commitment, dedication, and recognizing that there's going to be plenty of moments in the day where, where I want to climb down and go home. Uh, but to, to quote that old adage, you can't kill them from the couch. Yeah, and so you got to be out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to use that mentality. You can't kill them from the couch. But at the same time, I said you can also blow a hunt by not being on the couch. But this time of the year, you just got to put the time in the stand. You know, it's just just what that's it right. is. That's right. So he hit it from the man himself, Dan Wells. We found out he does, in fact, like to have some sweets. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie. Uh, I'm not too far. I'll give you. I'll send Dan with my address, and we can <laughs> drop some cake bombs over to my house. That's but. right. She'll take care of you. <laughs> well, sir, uh, thanks for coming in. I know you made like a half hour drive for a 20 minute conversation, but it's always better to have you mm. to have you oh, here. Yeah. So, Good seeing you guys. Yeah, you got to see the. Since the last time we were here, you were in just a conference room. Before mm-hmm. we started incorporating video, you got to see our sweet setup. So. Yep. Yeah, we, we finally if you guys are watching on YouTube, you can finally see the buck that we have on the wall here in its full glory instead of just sitting there at being partial. So thanks, man. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on and make sure you keep me updated on uh on your rut activity and uh can't wait to see what you guys get into. And uh if you bloody a deer, take a bad shot, give me a call and I'll have uh old Boone out there and he'll find that deer for you. There you go. All right, everyone, we hope you enjoyed those conversations with Andrew, Billy, and Dan. They were uh, super enlightening. It was, it was cool to see how some of those guys had the same tips, but then some were polar opposites, and mm-hmm. especially when it came to snack wrappers. Yep. So, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Good luck this season. Again, the rut is a grind. You just got to stay after it, and uh, best of luck. And if you do get something down, be sure to share it with us on all of our social media platforms. you find out all that information in the show notes. Again, thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you listeners. And until next time, enjoy the pursuit.